You're listening to the Eat With Grace podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Jackie Nineheis, registered dietitian and professor of culinary medicine. And I am your co-host, Brooke Fredrickson, registered dietitian and certified diabetes care and education specialist. And we are here to challenge a culture around food and nutrition from a biblical perspective. Hello, and welcome to the Eat With Grace podcast. Uh, I am Brooke, one of your hosts, and I am here with Jackie. And first of all, I guess we want to say Happy New Year to all of you and uh, hope 2022 will be will be a better year for all of us, right? But what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about uh, some claims, maybe. How do, we, how do we navigate claims put out by different food companies? How do we uh, navigate the claims by the different diets out there? I know a lot of people are starting new diets or eating plans. Uh, maybe you've made a resolution to eat healthier or better this year. Um, I don't know, but we're just gonna talk about how uh, a lot of the extremes can show up in these diets and these claims and why moderation is better. <laughs> I think that's gonna be one of our main takeaways is why balance and moderation uh, is going to be better in this. And so, Jackie, what are your thoughts on on these extremes um, and the, the claims that are out there that a lot of us are probably, you know, hearing and and falling prey to this time of year? Well, first of all, let me just point out some of the claims. Like, um, they could be good claims that give us information. You know, like gluten free, low carb, high carb, low protein high protein, um, all natural, organic, you know, some of these are good, some are misleading. Almost all of them have a little kernel of truth to them. And that almost makes it more difficult because if you go uh, research the, the facts, you're going to find, oh, okay, there's some truth to that claim, whether it's a diet claim or a marketing claim, or if it's on a label, oh, there's some truth to it. So you think, oh, this whole thing must be true. But more often than not, there's a little bit of fact, and then a whole lot of embellishment to make it sound like a product that you just really have to have. And all of these claims are what I call claims of quality, trying to say that this is a better quality product, this is a better quality diet, this is a better quality of something else. It's gonna give you a better quality of life, which is the full embellishment. To think that some macronutrient is going to improve your life dramatically is probably the biggest embellishment you could possibly imagine and has very little basis in fact. So we had to look at all those claims and say, okay, how do we decipher them? What do we look at them? And um, you had a really nice saying, I thought, um, Brooke, what was your saying about uh, quality, quantity matters? Well, yeah. So anytime it comes to um, food or eating, uh, when people ask, like, should I eat this? Should I not eat this? Is this good? Is this bad? I, I guess my, my phrase is uh, amount and frequency matter. Amount and frequency matter. So whatever we're eating, 
whether it's vegetables or whether it's sugar, amount and frequency matter, right? So we can have too much of, of anything, any, even we can have too much vegetables. <laughs> um, there are problems with going to those extremes. And just because something is good um, doesn't mean that you know, we should take it to those extremes because there can be health implications to it. And so like Jackie, when you mentioned the term macronutrient, I think we've defined that before, but in case someone doesn't know, macronutrients are um, carbs, protein, and fat. It's those calorie containing nutrients in our body that give us energy. And like, like you mentioned with um, a lot of diets, a lot of diets are going to either promote a specific macronutrient or try to like, I don't want to say criminalize, but like um, make one of the other ones look bad or some of the other ones look bad, right? They're either going to elevate or they're going to discount uh, maybe some of those macronutrients. And when we look at human health and nutrition, they all serve a purpose and they're all necessary and they're all good. And so, you know, when, when one diet promotes, um, you know, protein as like the ideal and we don't want any carbs, well, yeah, protein is good, but carbs are good too. Um, or if it's a, you know, a high carb, low fat, same thing. So this is where that idea of amount and frequency matter, um, moderation matters. We do need a balance of all of these things because because they're there for a purpose. And God actually created them for that. He created foods that have these, these macronutrients in them and they all serve a different purpose in our body. And so it's important that we, that we make sure that we get a good balance of them, so. What's interesting about this entire debate is that the marketers would lead you to believe that um, the only thing that matters is the quality. And this, this food that I have is of such high quality. It has this and this and this in it, and it leaves out this, this, and this. But when you really look at our diets over time, we find that quantity is a really big factor. In fact, I have even seen in my patients that the quantity of food overrides even how much exercise that they do. People can exercise an incredible amount, still have excess weight because the quantity of food is so much. And sometimes exercise even makes us eat more. So there again, quantity is a factor. For um, all of us, we want to have high quality food and we want to have a good quality of food, but it's not the same, good quality food is not the same as what marketers are putting on the labels of food. They're making us believe that maybe, um, maybe scare tactics like this is organic. And that's a little bit of a scare tactic, making you feel like, well, maybe food that doesn't have that label in it might have things that aren't good for us. But actually, even when you measure organic um, foods for uh, different kinds of levels of things that we wouldn't want a lot of, there are minute amounts. So eating a huge quantity of just one food is going to be more detrimental than eating a large variety of food that, um, you know, isn't organic. I mean, do you, does that make sense? Do you, um, 
do you, do you follow how this whole argument with organic foods can actually be a scare tactic? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, every year, the environmental working group puts out its dirty, dirty dozen, right, of 12 foods that you shouldn't eat that have the highest amount of pesticides. And people actually make decisions to not eat those foods. People are like, well, I'm never going to eat strawberries then because, you know, it's so bad for me. Well, no, conventional strawberries are really good for us. Um, the nutrients in them are going to outweigh any of the potential residues on there. And, you know, there are regulations in place uh, that there has to be less than, you know, a certain amount of those pesticide residues on there for our health, and they can't go above that. And so, um, uh, you know, it's, I think we've mentioned this before in a podcast, I'd have to go back and see which one it was. I think it was one of our beginning ones when we talked about this, but when it comes to the, the term toxicity, that's going to, um, kind of define this. Like there are certain things that we put into our bodies that are not toxic in small amounts. Um, but in larger amounts, they are, you know, I'd say pesticide sure is one of those things. Alcohol is one of those things. Small amount of alcohol is not toxic to us, but we can die if we have too much of it. Um, same thing with, you know, certain vitamins, vitamins can be toxic to us if we take too much of them. And so even though it's a good thing, our body needs it. If we get too much of one thing, it can be detrimental to our health. And so that kind of, does that kind of explain what you were talking about, Jackie, with the, you know, eating too much of one specific organic food, right? All that's going to kind of build up in your system, um, and, and can lead to those maybe toxic level effects. And the thing that the marketers aren't telling you is that it would be better to eat um, five conventionally grown strawberries than to eat 500 organic strawberries. You're probably getting some of the same residues in both of those because um, there, you know, our soil has all kinds of different kinds of um, metals in it. And even organically grown produce is going to pick up small amounts of residue from the soil, but it's lower than a certain level. Um, then there's a the matter of being certified organic. Now, if I grow strawberries in my garden and I share them with my neighbor, they are not sort certified organic. So that neighbor might think, oh, I'll go to the grocery store and I will get these strawberries organic because strawberries, I think at some point was number one on that list of the dirty dozen. So they think, oh, I'll go and get my um, organic ones from the grocery store instead of eating the locally grown <laughs> conventional strawberries. And it really makes no sense because they may be the same, they may be a little bit different. Conventional might be a little higher in residue or organic could possibly be a little higher in the residues that we're trying to get rid of. So I think that um, the media has done a really big disservice in how they're describing food and that they even reprint that information for people to pick up because it is just, it's very erroneous. Right. Well, and it's, it's very misleading um, with, with the organic thing, organic uh, farming still uses pesticides. They just use naturally occurring pesticides versus synthetic pesticides. That's the difference. Um, and those naturally 
occurring pesticides are just as toxic, if not more toxic than the than the synthetic ones. So um, I think this there's this common misunderstanding that organic doesn't use any chemicals, um, but they do. Uh, they're just they use naturally occurring ones, which are just as toxic to us as conventional. And so whether you eat organic or conventional produce, wash it when you get it right that can help to maybe you know remove some residue if there's anything on there but other than that just don't worry about it um don't worry about it <laughs> i guess that's that's the only thing i could really say i personally don't buy organic food um i don't have access to it where i live you know if i'm 100 miles out of town and in a bigger town uh i would have access to it but again i'm not willing to pay more for it either so um, I think it's a very personal decision. If someone wants to eat organic and they, for whatever reason, think it's better for the environment or, you know, it's, it's important to them and you can afford it, I think that's fine. But um, it, as a general rule, it's a very personal decision if you're going to choose to eat that way or not. And I would say it's unnecessary for health. So, Which brings up the next point is just talking about the quality of our lives. We have to think about how we want to live our lives. And that is a very personal decision also. Mm -hmm. um, it can go beyond the idea of whether you want to eat organic or not. It um, might involve, you know, what kinds of foods you want to eat, what kind of foods you enjoy, what kind of foods your family enjoys, what brings your family together and gives them a sense of tradition, a sense of, of belonging and a sense of of a heritage that's been passed down from generation to generation. All those things can be really important um, when we talk about food too. Right, and if we're gonna talk about, you know, bringing macronutrients into that and how you, you plan your meals and how um, some of those diets fit into that, how does changing your macronutrient ratios, right? How does that affect your quality of life? If, if you're eating, uh, you know, if you decide that you, that you're going to eat low carb because you want to try to lose weight and that's worked for you in the past, or you've, you've heard big things about it. And so you do that. How does that affect your overall quality of life? How does that affect your budget? How does that affect the time it takes for you to plan and prepare your meals? How does that affect your family? If you have kids and other people, are they going to be expected to follow the same things that you're eating or are you going to eat differently from them? I just think there's so many factors that go into our eating. It doesn't only affect, you know, unless you're a single person, it really doesn't only affect you. Um, it does affect a lot of people around you and it affects a lot of other things. And so I think that's something always to take into account. Uh, is, is it going to add more stress to your life? Is it going to cause you to not go out with your friends and be in social situations. I mean, there's, there's just so many factors that play a role in that, that do affect our quality of life. Um, and it's typically when it comes to a diet that restricts something. When we're talking about quality of life, we also have to think about um, from a biblical perspective and compare that to a, a worldview that's very different than a biblical perspective. And I think that people are looking for something out there uh, to save them. I think they're looking for some miracle cure for covering up all the ills that they, they um, are involved in. Um, they're not gonna find that in food. 
and they're not going to find a big difference in um, the different foodstuffs that they eat if they go by the labels. Like one label will say that it's um, all natural, gluten-free, egg-free, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the next product right next to it might be the exact same product, but it doesn't have that on the label. Okay, just because one has it on a label doesn't make it healthier for us because it's the same thing in the two containers. You know, I don't even know if I noticed those labels. I was just thinking that when I go grocery shopping, I honestly don't even know if I notice. I don't even think I pay attention to that. If it says any of those things on there, I can't think of anything in my house right now that even would have those labels on there. I'm sure it does. I just don't even notice it. Huh? Interesting. There was a time where if it had all kinds of claims like that, I would not buy it. I on would purpose. So like if I uh, was at the grocery store and I wanted to buy brown rice, if one brown rice had all these different nutritional claims on it and the other brown rice was in a planar package, I would buy the planar package. And, and that was because of the marketing claims were kind of going against how I felt about right. eating. But a second thing, I honestly think that some of those plain package things are less expensive than the ones with all the marketing claims. And as soon as they start putting the marketing claims on it, they double the price. But really, it's it's not any better than the brown rice sitting right next to it. So I think that um, you can almost go by price sometimes and realize that the lower price things probably have fewer marketing claims and fewer uh, nutritional claims that may or may not be um, fully vetted. Yeah. No, and I'm definitely a, a bargain shopper. I always... I always buy the cheapest of um, the similar products, unless, you know, there's a couple things I'm brand specific on, but for the most part, I will always go for the cheaper item. And right, because the reason it's cheaper is because they're not paying for those marketing things, right? They're not doing all this extra advertising. So generic, generic is always cheaper. You know, I was looking, comparing brand um, flake cereal, and I was comparing three different brands. And they were all identical. The flakes, you couldn't tell really a difference. But it was interesting because I think the um, name brand had more grams of sugar, naturally occurring sugar in the product than the other brand flakes. And I thought that was super interesting that um, the same product would have a little bit less sugar. So I have found that sometimes some of the generic products actually will have a different nutrient composition than some of the uh, name brand ones. Because when you get the really big name brands, they've done a lot of marketing studies and they know what sells. So if they want their product to sell, they might add a little bit more fat, a little bit more salt, a little bit more sugar. And all of a sudden they have a better tasting product, but the nutrient composition hasn't changed at all. So not that I'm against all the big name things, because I'm like you, I, I will buy generic except for a certain, um, certain products I've tried before. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't quite taste like, um, you know, what I 
what my family is used to. But you, you do have to kind of be aware that uh, marketers are very savvy. They know exactly what people are going to like in their tastes because they've done all the marketing studies. And some of those things have nothing to do with the nutrients. It only has to do with things that give it more flavor, which sometimes can be a really good thing. I like food with lots of flavor, so. Oh yeah, no, I agree. Um, that's where food science gets into all that. It's super interesting when you think about that, the things that they can do with food and the products that they can make um, from raw ingredients. I mean, it really is kind of a fascinating industry. So, okay, so why don't we talk about <clears throat> um, moderation a little bit and why moderation is better. Uh, so we talked a little bit about the extremes of, um, you know, changing our macronutrients, or maybe even just the extremes of um, marketing claims and not, not falling for them. Um, but what, how, how do you define moderation and how do you practically put that into play? There are so many different ways to define moderation, but just one way of a really practical way of looking at moderation would be being a little bit aware of serving sizes, I do not ever measure any um, servings or food or when I'm feeding people, I'm not measuring serving sizes, but I do kind of have an awareness that some food, you could have larger portions, like say the vegetables, broccoli, carrots, cauliflower, any of those, you could have a larger serving versus if it was a cheese baked, cauliflower, broccoli, carrot kind of dish. You might want a smaller serving of that. You could have a larger serving if it doesn't have any of the sauces or anything on it. Um, so they're both vegetables, but the serving itself changes based on what other ingredients are included with that. So I could easily eat a cup or two of vegetables, but if, I, if it was in a cheese sauce, first of all, the vegetables are probably cooked down more. They often are anyway. And so it becomes a lot more of the sauce and, and uh, the vegetables are cooked down more. So you have something that might be, you know, and I don't even really worry about calories and how many calories are in it. But just as an example, the two cups of vegetables might be 200 calories. Whereas one cup of the cheesy broccoli casserole might actually be 300 calories. So it's half the amount of food, but twice possibly um, of the energy value. There are times also when we're looking at other kinds of foods and you wanna be aware of, you know, an entire large bags of chip, bag of chips is really not a serving size. Whereas, um, maybe you could eat a little bit more of something that is, uh, has lower food energy in it. And um, all I can think of at the moment would be, um, you know, bag of carrots or cut up celery or foods like that, that you could eat more, more of and really not feel like you're going over the amount of energy value. So looking at what the food's like, how it's cooked. And I find this with people who are trying to watch what they eat, 
I, I saw one um, gentleman who was at a restaurant. He'd had a heart attack. So he's trying very hard to change his diet. So he did not order the ribeye, which is a good choice because that's higher in fat. Instead, he ordered a filet mignon. But then they asked him if he wanted a certain kind of toppings on it. And he got the blue cheese, butter kind of mixture all over his steak. I thought, okay, he just got the same as the ribeye. And so, you know, he was trying to make the right decision, but was not really aware of that the blue cheese fat is very similar to the fat in the ribeye. Yeah. And so what you were just talking about um, had a lot to do with calorie density or nutrient density, right? Because, uh, and maybe, I don't know if we've ever defined that before, but if we talk about cal calorie density, energy density, nutrient density, there's different ways of saying it. Um, but yeah, there are some foods that um, have, you know, more volume and fewer calories or fewer, um, it provides fewer, less energy for our body. And then there's foods where it's a lot smaller quantity, but provides more. So if you think of, um, yeah, like vegetables compared to nuts, nuts are very energy dense. You get a lot of calories from them in a very small amount. Um, so typically fats in our diet, like the cheese or the butter or the oils or whatever, those things are going to provide a lot more energy in smaller amounts. And so, yes, I do think having an awareness of that is important. Um, you don't want to sit down with a bowl of nuts and eat the entire bowl of nuts in one sitting, because that would be a lot. Um, but, you know, I think when I think of moderation, I think of, you know, we, we've talked about all, all foods fit. Um, there's no foods off limits. I think balance is key when it comes to planning our meals and what we eat throughout the day. We want to look at it in a balanced way. And there's different ways of doing that. You can look at it in terms of food groups, or you can look at it in terms of macronutrients, like we were talking, um, carbohydrates, proteins, and fat. Do I have a good balance of these things throughout the day? Um, and whatever food that is, whether it's considered a, a health food or a, you know, quote unquote, junk food, um, I think all of those can fit in there. And again, amount and frequency matter. If we go back to that saying, amount and frequency matter, it's important that, you know, we eat more of foods that would be considered, um, you know, healthy or, or nutrient rich foods. And we would have, you know, a little bit less of those um, not, you know, not healthy foods or um, less healthy foods. Maybe I'll say that say it that way more or those pleasure foods but they all fit they all fit and everyone um is going to look a little bit different in that but yeah moderation is i think avoiding the extremes allowing all those things um and and you can have little guidelines within there and still still eat in moderation and balance um but it's i think for the most part avoiding those extremes is how i would define it eating in moderation also has um, it's important to think about how often you're eating that food. Like you said, mm -hmm. that frequency matters. So if you have a certain food and you're eating it frequently, it needs to be a higher nutrient density than one that you're eating maybe less frequently. Mm -hmm. So that would be another way of, of just an awareness of what it is that you're eating a lot of. Yep. Yeah. And I think moderation can also apply to the quantity of food that we eat, right? 
we want to avoid the extremes of restriction and overeating or binging as well. We want to make sure that we're honoring our hunger and fullness, eating just enough to satisfy us, um, eating when we're hungry, stopping when we're full, because yeah, not only is it what we eat, but it's how much we eat as well. And when we find that neutral balance in there, we probably more likely to avoid those pendulum swinging, you know, when it comes to our eating habits and our weight, um, which is often what diet does, you know, it, it's too much restriction and then leads to overeating. Um, or if you just ate um, nutrient rich foods in moderation, uh, I think it's overall better for your health um, long term than going on those diets and causing those crazy swings in our weight and our eating habits. Not only crazy swings in our, our eating habits and our weight, but also in our hormones and in how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about um, our food, how, you know, all of that becomes a real circular type of thing that the worse we, we restrict our foods, the more we're going to find ourselves unhappy when we break what our so-called rules and it just becomes something that uh, it's can be really destructive to, you know, feeling good about how God made us and how he means for us to live our lives. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, so for anyone who is out there that is, <clears throat> maybe you started a diet at the beginning of the year, or maybe, maybe you're thinking about it or planning on it, or maybe um, you've, you know, some succumbed to some marketing claims and you're only going to buy, you know, foods that say this on it or something like that. Any other, is there any other advice that we can throw out there besides <laughs> the importance of moderation and balance, Jackie? Well, I think an awareness, okay. awareness of a lot of different things about food. First of all, awareness that the label might not be telling the whole story. And secondly, that those without a label might be just identical to the foods that are labeled. And also thinking about, like you said, the frequency of the food and the, the frequency matters and the amount yep. matters. Yep. All right. So hopefully, um, hopefully this was helpful for our listeners. Um, I know this time of the year is a, it's a hard one for a lot of people. A lot of people set out with the best of intentions to make changes. And uh, I guess if I was going to give one little tidbit of advice, if, if you're looking at, you know, making some changes to your eating habits or your lifestyle, I would pick one small thing and do one thing. Um, you don't have to do a complete overhaul. You don't have to completely wipe out everything that you've done and just go crazy um, with your diet. Just pick one thing. Like do do you know if you want to eat more vegetables, let's let's add one serving of vegetables a day and let's start there. Um, maybe you want to cut back on soda. Let's cut back on you know a can of soda a day or a week or whatever. I just start start small um, and then gradually build from there because anytime we do extreme changes that the chances of it sticking are very unlikely. And so that, that would be my, that would be my advice. That's really good advice. And you know, I think I'll take that myself. I'm going to think about one small change that I can make because I think it doesn't matter what level we're at, what stage we're at, there's always one little thing that um, can help us. And uh, I like that idea. 
so so maybe to end jackie did do you set new year's resolutions did you do or do you do any of that no i okay. usually do not ever set new year's resolutions but if i was going to what i would set for this year is that i want to even though there's some darkness out there and things that aren't going exactly the way that i would think um, god would set it up there is light and I want to live my life expecting to see the light, expecting to see his light. So that would be my resolution. Even if there's darkness, even if there's division, even if there's polarization, I want to see the light and I want to see his light. Awesome. I love that. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, in the past, I've done a lot of these resolutions. Um, have I ever actually lived any of them out? Probably not. <laughs> I think I think it's a good thing to kind of stop and evaluate, like what is something I can work on this year. Um, but I don't I don't think it takes a new year to do that. You know, I think every day um, we could be saying, "What can I do today?" You know, that's going to um, make a difference in the world or in my life or my kids' lives or whatever it is. So I think. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a once a year thing, um, but I do think it's something, it's always something good to kind of reevaluate where you're at and where you want to be and where you're going. Because if you don't have a plan or if you don't have any direction, um, you just kind of float, right? I, that's how I am at anyway. I need, I need like a concrete plan. I need something written down. I need something intentional to be focused on, or I tend to just kind of, I get flighty. Yeah, with no direction. So. Okay. Well, anyway, thank you so much for listening today. Um, again, happy new year. If you guys want to uh, reach out to us, if you have any questions on this episode, please do so. And we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Eat With Grace podcast. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. We would love to have you leave a review or comment on our Instagram page. It's been great to share this time with you. And we pray that you have a grace-filled day.